Good evening, good afternoon, or whenever you happen to be listening to this. Welcome to another special episode of the Film Realist Podcast, the film and TV podcast from a complete nobody that's hopefully for somebody. I am lucky today to be joined by who I consider to be a somebody, the third somebody. I don't know why I'm going with this with this thought, but I'm going to keep going with it. We are, I am lucky to be joined by Stephen Colbert. No, you didn't read that name wrong. That is his name. Of Snyder Minute of Screen Rant. Have you picked up any more jobs? Because Rob's title took me forever. Uh, they're always in flux, but I think that's that's the majority, yeah. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Thank you for joining me, Stephen. So we are fortunate, I say we, just as the listener base, and myself, luckily enough to have you on the show, to talk about all kinds of things, DC. If you are not aware, Stephen and his co-host, Andrew are currently running three at cur- concurrently podcasts on different Zack Snyder films with BVS by the minute being the origin, the original podcast uh, slowly working your way through Zack Snyder's justice league. I believe you're up to part five of the chapters. I think we are a lot of, we, we early on, we were very eager about like, let's just do all these. And then pretty quickly we're like, you know what? Let's finish one mm-hmm. <laughs> before, but um, yeah, I think we did five of the, of the chapters on that. Yeah. Part five. And then army of dead, you did a couple episodes just based on theories and general yeah. uh, impressions. And yeah. you've kept teasing man of steel. And I can think of no better segue <laughs> than our first piece of news, which is that, the Man of Steel of the modern era of cinema is back. Henry Cavill officially announced that he yeah. is back. He will be back playing the Man of Steel. Now, before we go any further, time codes will be in the description. So if you want to jump around, that's totally fine. There will be spoilers in this section for Black Adam. So if you have not seen Black Adam or you have somehow buried your head in the sand over the last, I don't know, four months... <laughs> <laughs> of potential rumors and news don't listen now maybe go watch black adam you can listen to my review i mean which... if you haven't seen it the rock will kick in your door and tell you the post credit scenes <laughs> can we talk about that really briefly well we've sure. had conversations prior to the film coming out um i on i don't know if it was my twitter or film realist released Shots from other movies that were in the first Black Adam trailer, mm-hmm. which did not set my hopes high, but I try to go into a film completely open-minded. And, uh, well, just go, I'm not going to give my whole spiel on the review, but uh, we were on similar wavelengths prior uh, to the release of the film. But the fact mm-hmm. that in all of the junket interviews that I have seen, Every person who has spoken to The Rock, he asks them what they thought of the post-credits scene. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be okay, I think, if those interviews aired on, like, Monday. But the mm-hmm. fact that all of them were prior to the film's release date, and for context, I saw the movie on the Thursday. Like, when people are really excited to go and see it. And so mm-hmm. that... I was shocked by that that was happening. I, uh, but yes, yeah, so Superman has a cameo in the post-credit scene of Black Adam, revealing with a to face. The, 
yeah, full face, <laughs> which is even more ironic given the fact that there's a burnt head Superman earlier yeah. in the film. And so I learned this recently that it was shot with potentially the exact same body double that was in Shazam. Now that I cannot corroborate that, but uh, it's a fun connection. Why not? <laughs> and so it was done that way, but the Dwayne rock bottomed Walter Hermada and was able to bring in Henry Cavill <laughs> in September. And the scene was shot in the man of steel suit, which Henry uh, recently revealed on another podcast, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to plug. Cause I'm not friends with Josh Horowitz yet. <laughs> yet. 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 That's, that's my goal. Uh, he's a great interview. I highly recommend checking uh, out that interview, but there is no writer. There is no director. There is no producer. Anything that may be floating around in the internet is a rumor at this point. There has not been any industry professional with any uh, piece of information that has been corroborated. As an active fan of Zach's films and Henry Cavill's Superman, how do you feel about this step forward out of the darkness that was the DCEU to some it's a it's a big 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 deal i think for for a lot of reasons but one of the biggest is that dc has it's been like uh, i wrote an article <laughs> at screenman.com um titled it took the dceu 5 years to heal from justice league and which actually, justice was, league steven <laughs> The one called Justice League, um, Justice League 2017. I, I refuse to call it any other names because it's just weird. The to theatrical me. But, cut to some. The theatrical cut or 2017. I don't I don't nickname it, but um, that the, that's the last time we saw him. I mean, we saw him in Zack Snyder's Justice League, but that was all it was all old footage. Mm-hmm. So the last time that we saw him, that he did photography for a movie, it was for the mustache removed CGI ugly face in in that movie and then and then nothing and not only was did, did he not have any other appearances but um Shazam did the headless cameo Peacemaker did the headless cameo well silhouette silhouette right? silhouette they gave yeah, him faceless. a head faceless, faceless. yeah, yeah. He, they took um, his face off <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh yeah it was just it was it was awkward because they're talking about like it's not clear. Are they rebooting the DCEU? Are they continuing? And if they do, like, is is Affleck gone? And now it looks like, you know, Affleck is back, but Cavill was still gone. And it was just the amount of damage that that movie did, not just in terms of how bad it was and having the drama of the Snyder Cut kind of be, like, on their back for four or five years until that came out. Um, but, like, Henry Cavill, I think because the movie didn't do, like, Avengers numbers, people um, didn't really judge it very um, very accurately in context, but like on release, it was heralded as as a as a huge success. It wasn't until like the post Avengers days when everyone is like, "Oh, less than a billion is a bad thing." And like, I'm not for anyone who who is like the typical like, "Well, that second week drop or whatever." Like, go look up Deadline, go look up THR. Everyone when they reported the first weekend box office or like the ongoing box office results of that movie, it was all very positive. It wasn't until like Batman v Superman came out and people started saying, "Oh, it was underwhelming." Oh, it was whatever. Um and but Warner Brothers was just um terrified of the polarized or the perceived polarization of the fan base and and as a result were like 
basically actively gaslighting the people who loved the movies and and uh, feeding this like kind of divisive nature and so there was like oh they're gonna get like but they wouldn't fully reboot and they wouldn't like they, they was just in the, the worst of, of all worlds well for context because you brought up Man of Steel if anyone is curious I have the numbers so Man of Steel worldwide gross was 668 million dollars right now one Which, could argue by the way adjusted for inflation in 2022 dollars that's like 850 yeah. million something which like that. is that's a very close number to a, another film on the list yeah. but <laughs> for context because i think this is important like obviously there is going to be a higher assumption of success under superman now if the people at warner brothers were paying attention that doesn't necessarily mean anything superman returns but Outside of Avengers, which you brought up, Man of Steel grossed more than all of those films. The closest is Iron Man 2, which typically, depending on the success of a franchise, the first one may be the biggest hit. Sometimes it's the second film. More often than not, it's the first one, and you're going to get drop-offs afterwards. So, Mm -hmm. that, like... You're totally the billion dollars of the Avengers ruined the MCU or the DCEU prior. What's crazy is like, I even think it's a fair argument or standard for Batman v Superman. There's a lot of intricacies with the box office with Batman v Superman, but with Man of Steel, it's crazy because it's not. It's not just that it didn't hit the billion dollars; it's that the billion dollar standard didn't exist until after Man of Steel came out. So you're holding it to a standard that hadn't even been established yet at the time, like retroactively, which it it doesn't make any sense. But so I think, I think the record shows based on the the response at the time that it was a, a big box office hit. But then, because of Batman v Superman, Warner Brothers started like second guessing everything, and 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 then Justice League really put everything into a state of limbo. I'm of the opinion that announcing Man of Steel two in like December of 2017 and then actually making it would have virtually killed the Snyder Cut movement. Oh, absolutely. Um, because I don't think a lot of people, especially like the real hardcore Snyder stands, don't realize just how much of a push that entire thing got because of people that wanted more Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Most of the mainstream support was about Henry Cavill. Affleck too, but I mean, Henry Cavill's like... He's been and, the figurehead from the beginning. Yeah. It's it, it would be like if after... after um, after Iron Man 2 got, like, you know, kind of lukewarm mixed reception, if they had, like, gotten scared of using Tony Stark again um, in any of their movies. And, like, I don't know. They did the opposite. They paid him more for less screen time. Right, yeah. Um, So, anyway, so without – I could – you know, you know me. I could go on for hours and hours with the the Well, I've allotted hours, (laughs) potentially, for today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he – the fact that that is now finally, like – they're no longer like wringing their hands over this. And they firmly planted a stake in the ground and said, no, Henry Cavill is back. It makes a huge, like people know what's going on. Like the fact that that was, that scene was such a big deal, even though I don't, I I think I got an impression of what your thoughts in black Adam were, but I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. It was, it was fine. Terrible, but it was definitely not what it was heralded as, but it, it wasn't like the worst thing. It was just frustrating. It was like the, um, it wasn't what it wanted to be. It was like the immortals to 300, um, is like my uh, is like a the knockoff of didn't immortals have henry cavill or am i thinking oh you might be right actually that's ironic i think he was in that he's Um, in one of those no i i just thought of this joke right yeah he is in immortals he plays theseus that's hilarious (laughs) no i just thought of this now and i'm bothered i didn't make this joke last week in or we're in the same week 
uh, in the Black Adam, which is episode, which is the hierarchy of power did change in the DCU. It just happened to be in the suits who were at the, the conference tables. Well, that's the thing, too, about The Rock is that so much of his persona is is brand over like, you know, he's not a b- real big box office pull. Um, his movies are entertaining, but like they're not s- to be a snoot snooty about it. Like they're not cinema. Right. I mean, I, pain and gain is like, you know, cinema, I think. But I love pain and gain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pain and gain is well, great. I, but that's that's a that's a, a rare, a rare one on his filmography. Well, I said to the, this to one of uh, loyal listeners of the show, Jermaine, I know you're listening to this because it's going to be a mostly DCU episode, which is like. He's been critic like critic proof, which is impressive, to say mm-hmm. the least. Like, I brought this up in Black Adam, which was one of the be- things I did like about the film because a lot of it felt very cookie cutter to uh, to it's problematic focus, degree. Focus, focus group, group is hell. a good way of putting it, which yeah. was like when he played Hobbs for the first time in Fast Five and was a true antagonist to the group. Like that was the rock that I enjoyed seeing back because since then he's been leading man can only take so many punches. Mm -hmm. And then he's just made like, he's like, he's clearly very successful like as a producer, but you're right. Mm -hmm. Like his films aren't the aren't billion dollar films or blockbusters. They're just like, they're good. And like, Mm -hmm. he knows what his audience wants from him. And they just got pretty good legs too. Mm hmm. Jumanji had massive legs. The first one, Welcome to the Jungle, which was mm-hmm. one of the most surprising things of that Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is even to slight, to slight him so much as that he'll talk about stuff like the hierarchy of power. And I mean, it, he you can you know a lot about him from like his and I'm not even a wrestling fan, but like from knowing his his wrestling presence. I mean, it's all about the the game. It's the PR. It's the it's the setting, the narrative. And um, and it's like the hierarchy of power thing. He doesn't care if it does or it wasn't about the actual. Um, it wasn't about Black Adam coming in and being the new biggest thing. It was about position. It was about the energy of saying that he would be. Um, maybe it was about the executive shuffle. Maybe it was even about Henry Cavill. The point is that it, the the point that he wanted to make was that Black Adam would change things. And while I'm not a fan of the movie. And I'm not even a fan of telling stories via post-credit scenes like the MCU. I think that's it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a really really fancy press release saying Henry Cavill is is back, right? Like that's the the fun the functional purpose of that. It doesn't impact the story of Black Adam or anything. It's just a, a a fancy reveal for what would otherwise be an article in the trades. You're totally right because I mentioned this in the review, which is I would have been way more excited. I mean. I should preface this. I am very happy to see Henry Cavill in the Superman suit. Moving forward, that should go without saying. Mm-hmm. But in terms of story points, it would have been so much more satisfying to see Shazam at the end of Black yeah. Adam. <laughs> like, the yeah. guy I actually want to see him fight. Or, like, what if it was both of them? Wouldn't that be cool if that Superman would... and Shazam were together? Well, and that would it, be... it would add narrative significance to the headless cameo in Shazam. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, what is shocking to me, and I... This is the horse, unfortunately, the dead horse I keep assaulting, which is that (laughs) they had both of them at Comic-Con. And obviously, things there's been a shuffle in the last three months. I mean, significantly since the Discovery purchase. But the fact that Zachary Levi and Dwayne Johnson were both at Comic-Con 
And there was like the rock at the end of the day is a showman. He's a very successful showman. Didn't want to play up the fact that these two are supposed to be like enemies. Well, and there were rumors that, that Henry Cavill was going to be there, which Mm I, I, uh, people keep on asking me if I believe that the rock planted those rumors. And that's, I'm not going to say a bridge too far because it makes a lot of sense. I'm just not going to say it. (laughs) It's it's too conspiratorial for me to put my, to put my flag in, but I, I like the theory. Um, it certainly would have been a but, massive deal because well, they had nothing at Comic-Con. It was maybe yeah. Warner Brothers' worst Comic-Con in the like 21st century of going to Comic-Cons. Well, and I think I think a lot of that was that was as my article on screenrant.com said, um I think that was kind of intentional on the Rock's part. I think he was making a point with like he like I always say he knows how to um, he knows how to get cheers and he mm-hmm. knows how to get boos and Inti- he, he knows how to intentionally get a crowd to boo him and, or how to avoid having a crowd boo him. Right. His entire personality is around knowing how to kind of uh, manage a crowd. So if he walks into hall H and he says something about Superman that gets everyone to go, Ooh, like, you know, that wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, cause what I was expecting when the Superman rumor popped up was that, Shazam would come out and they'd start like some sort of a wrestling style, like, um, like a uh, banter challenge back and forth, whatever. Yeah, and trash then, talk back and forth. And then, and then like this, the, and then there's like some music plays and there's some smoke and Henry Cavill walks out in the Superman suit and he's like, no, both of you shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's they like, go full Loki from Thor, the dark world. <laughs> right. Like that would have brought down the house. Yeah. But as we know now, um, Henry Cavill that, did have COVID. <laughs> well, he, he he even if he didn't, Walter Hamada wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna be yeah. chill with that. Um, but um, but yeah. So anyway, with the with the Shazam thing, I wouldn't be shocked if um the Rock wouldn't want that because it would distract from his effort to bring attention to the failure to cast Superman. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted all eyes and ears to be expecting Superman, and then be like, oh, by the way, he's not cast. Because I, that was his, I think, his power move to get Cavill back, um, yep. kind of making a point to uh, to Hamada. Um, but anyway, is, I can't I can't remember if we're on a tangent at this point or still. I think it fits in. Like, point, so that was but... no. I think that was a great way of sort of like encapsulating what is actually going on. And I know I've seen your tweets because they're public. It's not they're not private. <laughs> which is like some of the the people who have been suggested around it. I don't like. Obviously, Christopher McQuarrie was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it. What's will? Yeah, I I had it and I lost it. What would be? What's going to be most interesting to me moving forward with the DCU, the DCEU, and there is more to talk about with that. But before we get there, I am. It is one of the most interesting film universes happening because of its dysfunction. Literally anything can happen, which I think is problematic given we talked about earlier, like with, I mean, obviously there was, there are hardcore awful trolls in every fan pool. Unfortunately, the Snyder fans seem to be some of the most active, which is unfortunate given Mm -hmm. the positive done by a lot of people in the Zack Snyder fan camp into the people being a great example and money being raised for suicide prevention and mental uh, illness. But it's most what I'm very curious about is like with Henry's comments about being brighter and whatever, like 
I'm really curious what his perfect Superman movie looks like. Like it's been, people have talked about it as man of steel too, but like in my head, whenever we've been, because there is the, there is that little movie called the flash, (laughs) which is the ultimate, unfortunately phrase is now ruined because of 2016 Trump card (laughs) is that things, nothing is locked in. In terms of what the universe means. If you are a fan of the animated films that DC releases, Flashpoint being a version of that. Also, Justice League Dark, colon, Apocalypse War being another Mm -hmm. example of that. Which is like, nothing in the DC universe is ever truly fixed. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he is coming back, I think, is certainly a positive sign of where things are going. But infinite potential is maybe not necessarily a good thing and because warner brothers warner brothers and star wars sharing this (laughs) unfortunate um press poison which is announcing things that don't happen i would have loved to have seen justice league part two in july of this year i think oh man it was something like that no no uh part two would have been in 2019 2019 we'd be at part three by now um and yeah or if they had done it back to back, like they were talking yeah. about, I mean, that could have all been done by now and they could have rebooted or whatever rebooted. they wanted. Like, so yeah. we don't know what's going on. Obviously it is exciting. I think regardless of how you feel about the previous film starring Henry, it is a testament to the positive reception that this announcement has had, which yeah. I think for the first time in a long time, there seems to be a unified yay which hasn't happened in a long time. Well, and I think that's why I was talking about like Warner Brothers kind of gaslighting fans to an extent before because it's not a controversial thing to want more Henry. Like there are some vocal people who who have like, "Oh, he's not good" or whatever. But do you want Dean like, Kane? Like the resistance <laughs> the the resistance to him being back is so weird and then for them to like pretend, I don't know, there was just a level of like Dwayne Johnson just saying like we listen to the fans even though I hate that phrase. I think you don't always want to do that. Yeah. And like, I don't think listening to the fans is inherently a good or or like right strategy, but just to be like, Oh, Hey, we hear that you want a thing is so like, there's a level of like, no, we're going to do this thing with the DC movies. We have a plan. And like the plan never manifested. Um, And I think that him like putting the emphasis on like the hierarchy of power, regardless of if it changes, regardless of who's at the top or who's at the bottom, where black Adam fits into that. Acknowledging that, there is a hierarchy of power and that Superman belongs on that is what's wrong. One of the Trinity. You have three people. You have Batman, you have Superman and you have wonder woman. And, and so if you're trying to build a universe, even if you're not trying to do the whole, you know, expansive justice league, one, two, three thing, you're just, if you have a shared universe for DC and you don't have Superman, like if Superman is in limbo, you don't know who's going to play him. You know, you have faceless cameos, Look at how that restricts the way that you can grow that universe when he's off mm-hmm. the board. You sure you can do Gotham City Sirens, you can do Suicide Squad, you can do you know you can do this stuff or not Gotham City Sirens, uh, uh, Birds of Prey, and the know. fantabulous emancipation of one <laughs> Harley Quinn. Exactly, uh, which I liked, and you know you can do all those, but but there's no. But that th- film was also, as an example, was also limited to poor fan reception. There's a reason Joker's yeah. not even in it. Yeah, it's a cartoon. 
Yeah. Right. So and, it's like we're gonna make a movie in this box because let's face it, like blockbusters for the most part, you need to play in your sandbox. Yeah. But then they're like, but wait, you can't use this shovel or this bucket. Yeah. You have to use your or, fingers. Yeah, exactly. Or if you reference this corner of the sandbox, you can't use a name or you can't use a face. It's like it it makes the whole universe a universe that was getting really big. It makes it feel so much smaller and constrained. Well, and, and so Black even Adam though, has that problem. Right. Like we had three people on the JSA, which if it's not a joke in an upcoming Deadpool movie, I'd be shocked because that's what it felt like to me. Like (laughs) we can only afford one and a half X-Men. Yeah. And you can't you couldn't use the word league with the the previous word being justice. And the entire movie had to be placed or set in Kandak. Yeah. And can't go anywhere else. But and and how does that feel like the once Henry Cavill steps out of the smoke in that post credit scene, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, you can do all this stuff now. Those, those and hand- he can have a hair curl because he didn't <laughs> have one before. But like all the, the, the handcuffs of like we can't have his face. We can't acknowledge who he is. We're uncomfortable to even acknowledge that Superman exists because of the, 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 the we don't know if we can do another movie. I don't feel that way anymore. Like you the I I'm like. You tell me like, oh, they're gonna do a Justice League. I'm not like, well, you got to bring back Cavill or recast him. And then if you recast him, what do you do? Do you go? Do you get a Cavill lookalike, or do you explain it in Flash? But it's just, it's just that's so no. Even though fans might want to be like, oh, multiverse, let's talk about it. Like that's the most draining way to talk about this. It's like the most corporate, stupid, like what? talking about dealing with casting problems through the multi. Oh, it's just. What's that great? Ju- uh, one of the speaking of post credit scenes ones that are good in 22 jump street when they did all of the ones and they had Seth Rogen in the place of Jonah Hill for yeah. one of them. And then they go back to him Yeah, and they talk about what do you mean? Contract negotiations? Well, it seemed like, and I'm sure you shared this opinion when they announced everything going on with flash version 17 and a half that they were bringing in, um, oh man, uh, the actress to play Supergirl. Shasha Kaye. Thank you. Yes. Right. Which was like, oh, okay, we're getting rid of Cavill, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And. Well, in the same way, Keaton would, and and I never know people. I don't know. It's one of those things where people take, because you you reference like Cavill talking about like the more bright, hopeful Superman, which I think that they'll they'll want to go in that direction a little bit, but I think that the Keaton being a Affleck replacement, Sasha Kaye being a Henry replacement. Whenever people say this stuff, it's almost always like these are all narrative things and ver- like I always go back to um it's a little bit different but like with Zach um promoting uh Zach Snyder's Justice League being like oh there's no jokes this is dead serious this is and then like it was funnier than the theatrical cut it in was my mind much there funnier. were there were more jokes the jokes were funnier they landed better there was the, it was it was more humorous overall what do you call um, a hot dog now <laughs> a tube steak <laughs> yeah exactly um and uh and so uh, so, like, for example, Henry Cavill saying, like, oh, I can't wait to see a joyful Superman doesn't necessarily like that could mean, you know, he was joyful in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, you could say. Right. That I don't. And so I think he definitely took joy in beating the absolute bejesus out of <laughs> Stephen Wolf. Yeah. Um, but you can I think that that there's buzzwords like that where it's like this is what we want for the marketing. And it doesn't necessarily always mean like let's take this as absolute fact that it's not going to be anything but this sunshine and rainbows version of joy that I've got in my head. Yeah. Superman um, will smile the entire movie. He'll, you know what it is? Henry Cavill got Brie Larsoned 
in terms of the Captain Marvel thing. Where yeah. It's like Superman <laughs> doesn't smile. Why isn't Brie Larson smiling? Right. One of the things that I've wanted now that this is happening, I don't know if you, again, I'm going back to this because there has been an abundance of Superman um, content. I hate using that word, but that's what they use yeah. it as now. Uh, in for the directive videos, which is, this is a while back, but they did Superman Unbound, which was based on the... The Brainiac uh, one, right? The Brainiac run. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'd With love Supergirl to see... In it. Exactly! Like, n- the... They couldn't well, do so many things. And and we've talked about this a little bit on BVS by the minute, but the number of of Brainiac teases or Easter eggs in Man of Steel, and, and oh. I, I knew that they were there, but once you start looking at some of the concept art and stuff like that, um, the the amount of Brainiac groundwork that has already been established is kind Everything's of Everything's in there. The insane. AI universe, and that, it's ironic, <clears throat> and I'm going to plug something Even uh, you like did. the Doomsday stuff is all mm-hmm. very, very, very Brainiac origins. Um, yep. Yeah. When I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug an article you wrote a while back for, <laughs> for this little thing, the Superman the Animated Series, which was... Mm-hmm. It was actually, ironically, in one of the commentary tracks, which I think made it to the Blu-ray. I don't want to get into that part uh, <laughs> specifically. But it was introducing Brainiac as a part of Kryptonian, like, the history of Krypton mm-hmm. was an original idea they brought to that first pilot. Mm-hmm. Which was Alan Burnett, one of the most famous co- like TV comic book writers of all time, was originally against. But it makes so much sense when you were building out this universe and... We're, they're likely not going to use Lex Luthor. Like, who's his next big bad? It's Brainiac. And I want yeah. a giant skull ship. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the coolest, most well, metal one they have. And think about that, too. They've got Kryptonian outposts. They've got, like, they could take Superman and Supergirl away from Earth. They don't mm-hmm. have to deal with, like... We can go like, to Kandor. For, for, yeah, forget about all of the in, insanity with, like... Oh, are they going to bring back Lois Lane? Are they? Or for, I mean, they should. Amy Adams. Oh, they definitely should. But like, you they, start we get... need Superman's son. Like, let's just if they're going to move forward with it. Like, I'd love to see like bearded Superman. I mean, I, they're <laughs> clearly going to go with the blue and the red. I get why, but like the bearded Superman with just no cape and the gray and black suit uh-huh. in the uh, Dark Side War run. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, they literally can do anything. But the like, fact that we're the fact that this is even a conversation we can have is why Cavill being back is a game changer, mm-hmm. on it on its own. Regard like like there's so there's there's opportunity, um, for like what the franchise can be. It's no longer like well let's let's think of all these street level stories that don't acknowledge Superman. Like it, it's it, like they had the Netflix problem when Marvel uh, was letting, yeah, Jeff, the big no, the big green Jeff, guy Jeff Loeb, yeah, Jeff Loeb, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, speaking of space, that is the perfect segue into the piece of news. You have an idea of what's going on, but not the whole thing, <laughs> which is so Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, which will be the 30th season of Power Rangers. Now, I know your son, you just started watching Mighty Morphin with him, correct? We and were. He yeah. he hasn't. Um, we didn't finish that because he got sidetracked into um, he, he's a Minecraft super fan now. Sure. Um, but he does watch um, uh, not the not the Netflix original one, but he was watching another one of them on Netflix. Um, but yeah, we're we're dabbling in Power Rangers. Dabbling in Power Rangers. So they we there were two previous Power Rangers announced coming back. 
which I'm not sure if you're aware of, so we can go through the whole list. So that was David Yost, who played Billy, and mm-hmm. Walter Jones, who was Zack. So the original Black and Blue Ranger were confirmed earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but at a toy event, because of course... Right, where else? They have announced the other returning Rangers, where some of, some of them are rumored. So... Johnny Young Bosch, who played Adam, the second Black Ranger, will be returning, as well as Steve Cardenas, who played Rocky, the second Mighty Morphin Red Ranger, as well as Karen Ashley, who was Aisha, the second Yellow Ranger, and Catherine Sutherland, who played Cat, ironically, that that whole storyline. I don't know if you got that far. She started <laughs> off as an evil white cat and then uh-huh. eventually became a human who was in love with Tommy. It's a whole thing. Man, the 90s were great. Uh, I, she was the Yeah. I <laughs> recall was... that happening, but I could never I would never be able to tell you anything about it other than just yeah. being aware of the Zeitgeist. Like <laughs> Yeah. And so she was the second Mighty Morphin Pink Ranger and then a new cast member, Charlie Kirsch, who the big rumor is and I mean it's probably a safe assumption at this point. She will be playing Trini's daughter because Ooh. obviously um, that would be you're... smart to fans. Longtime fans would like that a lot. Yes, I, am, I imagine. Rigid. I guess I don't know. I don't know a lot about Power Rangers fandom, but knowing about Trini, I, I feel like that's something that would mean a lot to longtime fans. Yes, because uh, oh, I always mess up her first name, um, but the original Yellow Ranger passed away in a car accident. Uh, quite a long time ago so yeah it's i am most excited about this we talked about how metal power rangers can be and the show just keeps on chugging 30 years is not something that just happens overnight literally decades (laughs) worth of content but a celebration of other power rangers is something i'm really excited for as somebody who grew up with the original series like there's been a lot of tommy worship which i do understand but what's most notable for me anyways is that david yost is back as Billy, because if you follow any of the history of the show, unfortunately, there was a lot of harassment at the time. Uh, David Yost is a member of LGTQ plus twin spirit. And unfortunately, there was a lot less acceptance for that at the time. And the fact that he has come back, he has he had not been on the show since. Z- I do not believe he's in Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. I haven't seen that one in a while, but I know mm-hmm. he was in Zeo the second official series of the show. So a full Mighty Morphin reunion is awesome. This is the first time the show, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a Power Rangers fan, you know this, but I'm helping Steven get on our (laughs) level, which is that this is the first of the shows to get a third season. So they're going into, which is a big deal. They're continuing the same cast that was in Dino Fury. So I'm very excited. Now, Obviously, this will be on Netflix. It comes. I was going to say, can you cl- clarify the logistics of so the most recent season or past couple seasons have been produced by Netflix? Yes. What... So it there was the there was the purchase of Power Rangers. So Saban had purchased it back from Disney in the mid aughts. No, it was the aughts. No, the 2010s. And then it was on Nickelodeon and then more recent so dino fury has been the stuff that's been airing on netflix okay but is netflix have does they they have a creative input on that or are they simply to to some degree to i believe where they're so they're working on it's been all over the place they're they're like there's supposed to be an animated series from um, universe from adi shankar right that wasn't adi shankar Uh, doing an animated series (laughs) 
I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he knows what he's doing right now. I love Addy's work, but I'm honestly out of anything he's been involved with. I'm most curious about the Castlevania pre or sequel series that's coming out because mm-hmm. I absolutely love that show. So yeah, Dino Fury was is on Netflix and the third season is being titled instead of because for a while or from the Saban 2010 shows for the second season, they added super into every season. Oh, okay. So each of those shows ran for two seasons and now Dino Fury's third season, because they're going to space. Um, I Actually, I, if you don't know what I'm referencing, it's Tim Curry saying space. <laughs> it's fantastic. I was watching a Scooby-Doo Halloween video with my wife the other day, and he's in it. And I'm like, do you know about Tim Curry saying space? Because <laughs> it's one of the best audio clips of all time. Um, so they're going to space. And so this reunion, I'm very excited about this. The reun- It seems like they're really treating the history of power rangers with respect not all the anniversary specials are treated equally i would Mm -hmm. think the last great one was unfortunately the 10th anniversary which was 20 years ago (laughs) it's so Uh, weird to talk about stuff this way i every time i start to talk about stuff like it was two decades ago i'm like you know what i don't need to (laughs) yeah it's like when they start making like movies about the 90s as a time period yeah like nope i'm out (laughs) Like yeah. I was, I was doing math the other day. Like, oh, my kids will move out of the house, and I'll be this old. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but yes, I posted I... A, a video on on Twitter about uh, some r- social media predictions or whatever. Something it's a complicated, but for, um, that I watched in like 2007. That I was like, well, that's crazy, and the, it didn't come true the way they said it would. But like conceptually, it's very in line with like kind of how how things went along. And I went to repost that and was like, oh, it's just a video from 2007. And wasn't, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a decade ago ish, right? Um, yeah. And then, um, and I saw on YouTube, it's like 15 years ago. And it's like a decade and a half. What? Mm-hmm. 2007. I, oh, man. The Rock was cast as Black Adam 15 <laughs> In years ago. Yeah. Like, we've had, I want to look this up really quick. I'm sure I could do the math off the top of my head, but I don't want to. How many Fast and Furious movies have we had in that time? Let's see. We have had all so of them. Oh, no, said, not all of them. You said 2007? Yeah. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Seven films. Well, and 30 Marvel movies. And 30 Marvel <laughs> movies. Yeah, that's true. Um. So, yes, we've talked about all the things. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm excited about Power Rangers. I, I, you, I've had a harder time keeping up with the shows. I did finish the first season of Dino Fury and I did really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to another anniversary special because sometimes this means they re-release the toys uh-huh. and I have the, the versions, the stupid expensive versions of the morphers. I even put my Adam power coin in because nice. he's one of my favorite Rangers, but uh, no, the let's get to the other reason I had it in the show. I mean, <laughs> if we get into a power Rangers ramble at the end of the show, that's the end of the show. But yeah. Obviously, there's been a big shakeup. You uh, referenced. I'm going to reference another article <laughs> uh, that you recently uh, posted on. Uh, yeah, it was you on screen, right? I think, right? I don't know. I don't, want, I, I don't know what wait, it is. This might not have been you. Am I going to? No, it wasn't. It seemed like a, t- a Stephen title, <laughs> which was Will James Gunn being Will James Gunn being fired from Marvel end up saving DC. Oh. Uh which is an inch, uh, but no. So why are we talking about James Gunn? You may not know, because this is—I think this is a real film Twitter thing that happened this week, 
which is that James Gunn and Peter Sa- Safran. Saffron, I think. Yeah, will be. They are the leads of DC Studios. And I read this in some places. Again, we also read that DCEU was in places, but apparently now it's just the DCU. <laughs> or I remember at Comic Con a few years ago, they, on the the panel said like Worlds of DC, and everyone was I, like, "Oh, they're oh, rebranding to Worlds yeah. of DC now," and like I, ne- they've never had a name for it. Well, and honestly, so, DCU doesn't make sense. Is it just Detective Comics Universe? Because if it's supposed to be DC Cinematic Universe, it should be DCCU. Yeah. Like I don't. DCU to me has always been the whole thing. The everything. Yeah, the literal multiverse of everything, right? Like James Gunn showed up. If you're watching the video version of this, I have the James Gunn uh, cameo from Harley Quinn as the header image for this (laughs) discussion. Because it was the one that I wanted. Obviously, if you're looking for full written versions of this, I'm going to shout out friends of the show. Go to Screen Rant. That's where I go for my news. So check them out there. But yeah. What was your initial reaction to this? Because I haven't said anything yet, but I'm most curious yeah. how you feel. I did see one um, tweet, but I'm not going to reference it. I, I will say, well, I think one thing I tweeted, which was I wish I could articulate um, the the something about my, my first reaction or the way I found out about the news. Um, and I tweeted that solely so that I could quote tweet it in a couple of years to explain why I can't articulate it yet. Um, and that's all I'll say about that for now. Um very interesting story there. Everyone will hear one day, but, um, the, my first thought though is, um, I don't know. James Gunn is like weirdly controversial for a variety of reasons that don't need to be, I I get the, the, the tweets that people are obsessed over and that's, he was an edge. And they're done that. That's over. I mean, yeah, but it's what, I don't know. I don't need to get into it to unpack that whole thing again, but like, the the aughts were a a, a, a time period. People, <laughs> Dane Cook was the <laughs> like, most popular comedian. Yeah, the, it, there's I don't know. So it's not even. It's just time. Time is a thing. Experience another decade. But um, there's I think there's a lot of people that are really concerned that he's going to make everything into a James Gunn movie. And like I didn't like the Suicide Squad very much. Um, and so I can appreciate that. I thought Peacemaker was great. Um, but I think what's really big about this that a lot of people aren't aren't focusing on um, is the fact that a major studio just put a director as a lead of a of a studio. He's not a producer. Um, he is a filmmaker, and he is um, in charge of a of a. Of, I think they called it DC Studios, right? Yep, so that, that yeah. means so that also There's... means. So not only is is he getting up, but actually DC Studios is now a thing. And also Joker exists outside of that, which is another logistical thing that's brilliant. That if they allow the DC property to be used outside of DC Studios, like that's the problem with Marvel Studios. Imagine if the Marvel property was allowed to be used by like 20th Century Fox still um, for like one-offs or whatever. And then the MCU was its own thing. I think they're going to do that here, but that's another another tangent. We're gonna, essentially, it, we're gonna get DC Studios, then we're gonna get Black Label slash Vertigo. Yeah, and and those like. and and the fact that those there isn't an organized studio above those is exactly what my problem with Black Label was always. You ruin the concept of Black Label by making it a label, right? That's once true. it's once it's a label, it's no longer the thing that made it special. And so, um, so I I love I love if that's what they're gonna continue to do um, is mm-hmm. let them do Joker and that kind of stuff outside of the DC Studios. Um, Saffron, 
uh, oddly, I'm not really a fan of either of them as like James Gunn is great at a lot of specific things. Didn't love Guardians 2, didn't love the Suicide Squad, but I think he's a good creative mind and I think he's a good collaborator and a good he's the type of guy who will be willing to try crazy stuff. Um, and he's not someone who he, he respects g- giving someone an artistic vision and letting them do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So just because he happens to like love his needle drops and including, you know, ridiculous humor in all of his movies doesn't mean that he's not going to give a dead serious movie to, uh, to, to someone else. Um, and, uh, um, I'd say even arguably the opposite. He would be as a creator more interested in 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 branching out more more so than than solidifying the tone. Like Scooby Doo three that Twitter really wants made now. <laughs> yeah, um, and and also Saffron, not a fan of him either. Um, from a, <laughs> from a, from, a, from a creative perspective, um, not, I mean nothing against him like personally, but just his kind of he's what I saw him saying during the uh, the Aquaman press and stuff was just very like. I don't know, but I I love the combination because Saffron does have a a good handle on budgets and on like logistics and working with talent. I mean, he's he's got a relationship with James Wan that's cool and James Wan's a great filmmaker. Um so the idea of having a filmmaker and a producer in charge of the brand I think covers two areas that they've always struggled with in the past where under Snyder they had a great filmmaker visionary in charge of the films but they didn't really have, it was like a free for all on the business side. And that ended up kind of collapsing that whole thing. And so then they replaced it with Jeff Johns and John Berg and Johns is not a, I know he's a creative, but he's not a filmmaker. He's a writer. And so his reaction to everything was to, and he's also the head of the comics. So his reaction was like to rewrite things, to fix it. And, and Berg is a, is a producer. And so all of the, all of the creative energy in that situation is once again, downward pressure on the, on the creatives my expectation or hope for, for gun and saffron is that saffron will, um, saffron. I don't know. I keep on, I'm, I'm, I'm overanalyzing my pronunciation now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saffron, saffron. It says he's from Saf. New York. Let's call him Saffy. Peter Saffy. Saf. Peter Saff. <laughs> um, he, um, I, I believe that if he, if he just runs the business side and James Gunn runs the creative side, um, I think we could see some really, really, really cool stuff for some really cool people and a lot of diversity um, in types of projects at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but it is the if you look at what they've done wrong in the past, this is the most fresh and concrete and smart. De- like there were so many safe and boring decisions they could have made here. And this is not that. But it's also not risky in like a way that's like. Well, what, they're just burning the whole thing down now. This is actually like they're really taking a big swing on something that could pay off in a huge way that I, I, I think is really cool, despite not being a huge fan of either of the guys. I'm going to make a really weird sports metaphor. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're a Toronto Raptors fan like I am, <laughs> uh, you might this might work for you. And if you're not, you'll be thinking, Kyle, you're spinning nonsense. So what I found really interesting about this is, as to reference the Toronto Raptors, they had had a bunch of success with one coach. He won coach of the year and then they fired him because they weren't getting past the first round. So we can use that as a certain dollar mark. If you want in the business sense, mm-hmm. this metaphor is getting better as I think it through. <laughs> and so like they fired the coach of the year and then they went on this search outside. Like they interviewed other coaches amongst the league to bring, to 
get this team over the metaphorical hump and onto the next round to a championship, whatever. And so they did all these interviews and whatnot, and they wound up hiring a guy who'd been the assistant coach with the team for like three years. And the, that year they went and went on to win the NBA championship. So the fact that like Warner brothers for once look like, okay, we need, like they had an idea of what they wanted. They looked for other places. Like you can kind of follow any tabloid really on who they were looking at. And then you do already, like we've known James Gunn has been under both umbrellas since the suicide squad. Well, Obviously he, and after Guardians of the Galaxy, he was supposed to be like a mini Feige for their cosmic universe, too, if you remember that. At least it was yep. reported. And then that all kind of went away when he left. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if maybe he even had a creative uh, consultant part, um, role over there, too. Well, I know he was involved with dialogue for the uh, like the Guardians in like not officially writing credit because I believe it still went to Marcus and McFeely, but for the Avengers three and four. Mm -hmm. But since he got fired from Marvel, like for whatever happened, he'd made the Suicide Squad and then he was rehired. He's still been under WB's house. Which is like they went and looked and a bunch of people said no. Because quite frankly, who would want this job? After the almost a decade that we've like that Warner Brothers has been trying to do this. And eventually, like any press release that I did see for it did say Saf is running the business mm -hmm. and James is handling the creative. I think because of the kinds of swings James does take. Now, I'm, I thought Suicide Squad was good. I thought the needle drops, unfortunately, felt like a crutch compared to, like, the, the added, mm -hmm. like, what they did add, specifically for the first like, Guardians. I, I never felt the this way with, like, the Guardians movies, but there were, the, the songs were all, a little bit in the second one, but the songs in the Suicide Squad, it would drop, and the lyrics would be like, you know, you're just, like, substituting music lyrics for, like, storytelling Mm -hmm. like that's how i felt that sounds like what you're yeah. saying and and peacemaker i thought i i enjoyed but i just don't feel personally that john cena is a lead and mm -hmm. i've got something another gripe with it but i don't really want to put that on the podcast so i'll tell you it <laughs> afterwards but i i thought it was fine like i can understand why it appealed to a lot of people clearly J james's style for the most part seems to have mass appeal but the fact that he takes certain swings like i'm gonna make an hbo show starring toilet bowl head like that i think you mentioned earlier like if he's just a head creative i think he has a the mind for somebody comes to you with a great idea like do that well and look at what he's done as a as a producer mm -hmm. um I, I still haven't seen brightburn but that is not a like james gunn joke fest movie from my understanding mm -hmm. um it i don't i didn't get like crazy great reviews but the point is that the, the movie that he produced is a dark alternate superman origin story mm -hmm. um so the idea of like therefore now every dceu movie is going to be a james gunn movie i think couldn't be any further from the truth i think he's very much someone who would say like "Ooh, a ben affleck oscar contender batman movie would be a cool thing or a, a Zack Snyder <laughs> Justice League two and three. I, I don't. I hate even putting that out there because I'm, I'm not like, oh, he's gonna renew. But like, we, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of people they could put in this position who had a zero percent chance of bringing of back Zack Snyder. Well, bringing back Zack Snyder specifically, 
Um, and James Gunn well, is like a one to five percent. Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> um, uh, I I did see a good t- uh, hashtag that I honestly like as as a fan of this stuff, like the previous the trilogy, and I I really enjoyed one like more of the more the more cohesive Zach stuff like his era the Zach phase mm-hmm. of the DC EU when it was named that, which is like I like the rebuild the Snyderverse because yeah if if they are truly, and I feel like you bring the, you brought this up as a pro, like James as a producer, we may finally. It's ironic because this fits perfectly in with the conversation we had about Henry coming back. Like we may finally get these filmmaker driven films, the ones they promised forever and never gave forever. us because they didn't have filmmakers in charge of the studio. Which is why mm-hmm. I say I like the James Gunn pick is because now you've got. Like, cause Zach never had that authority, and I think he was maybe trying to avoid being like a studio head. But as mm-hmm. a result, as a result of him being like, no, I just want to be a creative guy, gave other people the authority to railroad him. Mm-hmm. Um, and now James Gunn is the one holding those those keys. And um, and yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of really interesting things that he could do, and whether that's Snyderverse or not Snyderverse, I don't know. But he, he is not. I would I would be shocked if that's not on the table. Um, and also from like a PR perspective too, you look at like, what's the problem like with, with a lot of Zack Snyder stuff, there's like almost a PR component of like people not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Like James Gunn does something with his script and people are like, Oh, that's a, you know, they assume that it's intentional. They assume that it's layered metaphor, whatever. And, and when Snyder does it, people, uh, people are like, Oh, there's no way that it's that deep. It doesn't really mean that. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the notion of a, like, Let's say, for example, let's forget about the, the Snyderverse specifically. Um, let's say Man of Steel 2. Sure. Produced, co-produced by Zack Snyder and James Gunn. Like, Zack's not going to not have a producer credit on Man of Steel 2 starring Henry Cavill. That's like a, like legally that his name is going to be on that. Whether or not he's actively involved, that's, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But co-produced Zack Snyder, James Gunn, Deborah Snyder will probably be on there too. Um, Shout out Deb. Written. Co-written by Christopher McQuarrie, James Gunn, and Zack Snyder. Story credit. That's that is a movie I watched. Directed watch. by directed by Christopher McQuarrie, Zack, James, and Chris do press together. That's it's it's film Twitter bulletproof. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it ties into the Snyderverse. It's a huge hit. Then what do you do? Right, like. That's that's a that's an insane stars aligning path, but like it's a path forward that exists now that didn't exist a week ago. It's true. Um, I'm getting goosebumps so, thinking about the three of them. I know, and I, I hate I, I hate doing that because I know that Snyder fans are gonna watch this and be like, "Oh, it's gonna happen!" And like, no, like just just chill out. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. Enjoy the ride. But like, there was a day when we did that not think is we a, were gonna get Zach's Snyder cut. Like that wasn't. Well, maybe you. Maybe you didn't think so. Okay. Well, I'm. Some. I'd be sorry I, if if there are Snyder fans listening. Be like, how dare you? I, okay. Some people lose faith at different times. It's, it's it's fluid. No, I I I'm. Yeah. I, not no, out, Stephen. Not all of us had storyboards like a week after the film was released. Okay. Some of us nobodies. Which is why I'm the nobody and you're the sub. That's why I have you on the show because you have the credibility and I'm just sitting here in an attic. Um, <laughs> but it's, I think, 
if it was just if we do just get James Gunn movies, this may be my my nightmare scenario. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I was gonna say that is I can't take that off the table entirely. Yeah, but I think if that's what he wanted, he wouldn't take the role. No, he just make he would want to he'd say because he he would want to make those movies. The fact that he takes this role actually to me says he's making fewer movies, mm-hmm. which means I I see him being less involved in that in that way. I don't know, but I I I don't envision him siloing tone or style at all Mm -hmm. which would and i think he's a smart enough guy to know and we're going back to the sandbox metaphor for somebody who's played in both and had the restrictions and then i would i would wager a guess if you asked him he had essentially as much not limitless but literally could do whatever he really did want to do with his Suicide Squad, or the Suicide I think he basically said they didn't say no about a single right. thing. Was, I think there was one... I think they said that there was one thing they said, like, you can't mention... You can't show Superman or something like mm-hmm. that. But other than that, he said they, they had, like, zero notes. Right, and the fact that you talk about what he did bring back, even though he killed some of them off, like, bringing Boomerang... Like, mm-hmm. bringing people back from uh, the theatrical cut well, em- embracing. Well, and he also, I don't know if you've seen this going around, he's tweeted before, I fully support the Ayer Ayer's cut, cut yep. being released if he wants it released. Well, like, he, he, I believe the most recent one, and this is where it's like, oh, he's already kind of doing the, that job, which is, <laughs> I would be in favor of David Ayer, like, of releasing it if David Ayer and Warner Brothers wanted to do so. Right. So, like. Well, and here, here's what's crazy about that, because now he is Warner Brothers, and, and I, I, I think I'm. This is this beneficially stated on the timeline a number of times, I think, but it, I don't know how how it gets around because mm-hmm. it's not like covered in the trades. Um, Ayer is screening has been scheduled to screen the Ayer cut on like November fifth for Warner Brothers, I, which now means probably he's going to sit in the screening room with James Gunn and show him the Ayer cut, and James Gunn is going to say yes or no. The autonomy for me is ultimately you brought this up. That to me is what's most important about this entire piece of news, which is. Uh-huh. The fact that we, f- like, the, I don't, the potential is infinite, but the possibilities are now actually possible, which is something that uh-huh. is second, really exciting. And the fact that DC has not had that opportunity, like the closest they've got to this, regardless of how you feel about the Batman it seemed like the only creatives that were able to do what they wanted to do was James Gunn with his suicide squad averse and then James Gunn with his 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 Batman pocket universe which don't get me wrong mm-hmm. I'd love to see a Batman pocket universe where you like develop out Bloodhaven whatever and maybe we get a Batgirl in that version obviously still frustrated with the canceling thanks Dave of um <laughs> of the actual Batgirl film, but, and Mm -hmm. which literally can never be released due to tax purposes, which is even more annoying. Yeah. Although I've, I've got a few theories about that, which I, we we don't need to get (laughs) super, but um, if you notice that they, this, the Scooby-Doo movie that they also canceled, they're still paying to finish it. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized as I was thinking about the kind of logistics of this whole thing, Batgirl is a whole spider web of complications, but, um, as I as I wrote for Screen Rant when um, this originally happened, when things like this happen, it sure it's it they can't release it. But we're talking about you know one of the biggest media conglomerates in the world 
can't is such a flexible That's true. word when you're talking about tax, you know. And so really what that means is that it will cost a lot of money to release. And here's here's when you it's important to look at why it was canceled specifically, or at least the stated reason. There's you know, there's always the stated and then the real reason. But um Zaslav does not believe in this in the streaming model and um and thinks theatrical is the way to go, but Batgirl wasn't designed to really make money theatrically. So it was in this weird, weird territory of they don't trust the streaming model and they can't put it theatrical and it would cost too much money to make it theatrical. And because of it, they acquired the company this year, they have special tax options Mm -hmm. to take to write off expenses related to the old company. And you see them slashing stuff all over the place. That's why they're only releasing two films. Don't worry. They're intentional. I mean, basically they're tanking. Like if you think about it, like we're going to use sports metaphors, if they're tanking for the draft to give themselves a a better draft pick, Mm -hmm. they're, they're the, they're taking advantage of all these tax benefits um, of, of writing off stuff associated with the old, with the old company this year. That's going to give them all sorts of um, tax credits and write offs and whatever. It's going to give them a huge surplus of, of to use. And they're going to be what 3 billion or 300 billion, Whatever they're, how much? Three hundred billion sounds like a lot of money. It's gotta be three, three billion. billion. Yeah. When you start talking billions and when you start talking more than millions, I'm like, what is it? Three trillion dollars? How much? It's <laughs> but, it's um, money that's incalculable by so like much us. money. <laughs> um, and it's gotta be three billion. There's no way it's three hundred. But um, yeah, Lucasfilm was worth four. Four. So, yeah. yeah. It's probably three. Um, they um, but they're they're going to have a a very different cash flow situation next year than this year. And so there's actually if they're doing stuff like, "Oh hey, let's quote unquote cancel that Scooby-Doo movie, take a tax credit for it, but we'll pay to release it in case we decide to down the road." If they get all those tax benefits from if they if they drop revenue for the company low enough and write off all the stuff as expenses, um and take advantage of all these these tax opportunities, you might see them come back next year and say like, "Oh, let's do the Batgirl movie. Let's do the Scooby well, Doo movie." Have and now we've got all four DC movies currently listed for next year. We have Shazam, mm-hmm. The Flash, some form of that, uh, Blue Beetle, which yeah. with my uh, with my boy Sholo Meraduena, and Aquaman, obviously in December. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if it would be if it would be next year or maybe they'll reshoot the whole thing or, or whatever. But I think that there's obviously they're not going to s- announce that as a strategy. We're going to cancel everything and then do it anyway and, t- and eat the fine because the net cost of paying the fine yeah. with the tax break and the reduced revenue, you know, that's something for the accountants to figure out. But it's very clear that. Um, like they got to have a straight face and tell the IRS, oh yeah, we're writing this off. And then when they decide to release it anyway, they have to pay a fine, pay back the taxes, whatever. But this year is the year where the most they can write off, the most they can expense, the most they can drop the revenue is all going to benefit their bottom line in a way that it won't next year or the year after or the year after or the year after. Um, so I don't know. Not that that means they're going to release Batgirl, but I think that the reality of that situation isn't quite as black and white as they would paint it. <clears throat> yes there's it's i don't even know what's gonna happen but i do know that you can follow steven on twitter sm underscore no there's no underscore nope just sm colbert sm colbert you can follow all of his by the minute shenanigans with fellow writer at screen Rant, uh andrew dice at snyderminute.com 
All of the shows are connected mm-hmm. to there. If you love the shows as much as I do, they do have a Patreon. I want to thank Stephen for coming on the show. I know he's had a very hectic week that hopefully I will find out about later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so this we this episode is a bonus for this week. We are officially episode fourteen, if I'm counting right. Uh, next week episode next week's episode will be a review of season one of House of the Dragon. And a review of Sean O'Connell's upcoming book, With Great Power. I got my review copy in the mail today. Nice. Thank you. I'm looking. Thank you. Applause books. I'm looking forward to reading that. Steven's got his as well. You could have got your signed. You should have done that. <laughs> ah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yes, that wraps up the show. <clears throat> I will see you next time. <laughs>